escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Welcome to News Desk with me, Mamisi Thompson. In the next hour, driver shot and a number of trucks banned by suspected terrorists on the Bokna border with Ghana. Farmlands in parts of the Apeis region already been lost to flood waters, resulting from the spillage of the Bagui Dam. We have details as Nanbo advises farmers and community dwellers to stay away from the water body due to uncertainty in water levels. And from our election headquarters today, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Maumia, optimistic of securing overwhelming victory in, for his loyalty, dedication and sacrifices for the NPP. More in our build-up to the party's Superdelegates Congress. Details of these are more, including business news updates in this edition. Don't go away. Let's dig in now. A number of trucks, cart and foodstuff from Niger to Ghana have been burnt at the Burkina Faso border by suspected terrorists. Driver of the lead vehicle is responding to treatment after being shot in the attack. Before now, several drivers have died in similar attacks, with over 10 Ghanaian trucks being burnt. Nalai Aljima of our foreign desk has more on the following report. The Dolly route into Burkina Faso from Niger has been abandoned by long-distance trucks following heightened activities of terrorists in the area. Videos available to join news show many trucks bent at the border by terrorists earlier this year. In Burkina, upstairs, we was passing there, and there was a Boko Haram over there. They burned our cars so many, about 15 cars with only us. And we are Niger supplies Ghana with onions, beans, potash, cowhide, and local tea, popularly known as attire. Following the closure of the Benin border as a result of the ECOWAS sanctions against Niger, some drivers have had to consider other options. The Dambala Enterprise owns 35 trucks, which have often been involved in cutting food from Niger. For many days, some of the trucks have locked up in Niger. According to Masahudu Dambala, one of their vehicles opted for the Doli route, which is less preferred due to security concerns. The trucks broke security protocols after their inability to secure military escort to cross the border for many days. They were standing there waiting for combi escort, yeah. So they were waiting for it and then the escort is not coming. So one of the cars, that one is not our car, decided to follow the road. So when he, he succeeded, so the rest of them say, okay, they too will try their best and see. 
So immediately they start going there. Those jihadist people come out, try to stop them, they refused. Not knowing that there are plenty uh, this thing, people there. So they started to shoot, to start to shoot them. So they stopped, some of them stopped, and some of them go back. And then even some drivers leave the cars and run away. So our car in, is in front. So they came, they, when they reached there, they burned the car. Uh, the car take like uh, 450 bags of uh, beans. So they burned the car. And then the case is um, they shoot the driver. But now the driver is alive. So they burned the car. And then they burned like three or four cars. So the rest turn back and go to Niger. So, so where's the driver now and what's his condition? Yeah, he's in Niger. But the condition is somehow better. So he's in Niger now. One of the three affected trucks was cutting onions bound for the Kwanasu market in Kumasi. All 330 onions in the affected trucks have rotten away after the vehicle was burnt. Masaudu Mazu counts his loss. The leading truck was transporting beans, and the next one was transporting my onions. Those were the first to be attacked. They called me later to break the news to me. I couldn't ask them any further questions. Presently, the transport and import company, Dambala Enterprise, has closed operations to Niger. Fifteen of their trucks are locked up in the landlocked Niger. Masawudu Dambala is worried about the situation. If you go to harbor anything concerning Niger, you cannot take it. So it's only Burkina that you can cross. I can tell you that this is the amount that I'm losing. I can tell. But if I if I tell you that this is this I will lose this now, I can't tell. The only thing is that I see that the business is rounding down. Many food importers in Kumasi stand the chance of losing their investments if the situation continues. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima reporting. The Ghana Railway Workers Union is this afternoon in up in arms against the management of the company for its current state. According to the association, there's a huge debt hanging around the neck of the company, resulting in the non-payment of the state contributions of workers and other statutory payments of the staff. These were revealed by the Secretary of the Union, Godwin Intama, at the media engagement in Takrade. Salaries go into three or four months arrears before some efforts are made to effect some payment. Again, snake payments are in arrears from October 2022 to date, which has compelled snake to take GLCL to court to enforce payments. The company is owing GCB Bank millions of cities while workers tier two payments have all have also not been settled since May 2022 till date. The limited liability company to me is useless because you can't have a limited liability company without shareholders. I don't know. 
if maybe I didn't go to school, so I don't know. But I have never heard of any limited liability company without shareholders. Ghana Railway Corporation moving to a limited liability was just a, a gimmick, I'm telling you. You see, we have sat down over the years and allowed politicians to play with the railway sector. And this is one of the results that we are seeing. He laments that frantic efforts by the leadership of the union to engage President Kufuado on the current situation has proven futile. It will interest you to note that frantic efforts have been made by the leadership of the union to have engagement with the President of the Republic, His Excellency Nana Adudankwa Akufuado, to have interactions on the current situation facing GRCL that all have proven future. Vice President Dr. Mamadou Baumia says the phase two of the Tamale International Airport, which has been commissioned with more ancillary facilities, cost $70 million. This, according to him, is far cheaper than $130 million spent on phase one. The Vice President made this comparison at the commissioning of the Tamale International Airport in the Northern Regional Capital. The phase two of the Tamale International Airport is built with the state-of-the-art facilities including terminal buildings with other ancillary facilities to complement the newly constructed runway for international aircraft operations. The project funded by the UK Export Finance and KFW Pex Bank of Germany at a cost of $70 million is expected to open the area to the rest of the world. The Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, commended the contractors and consultants using relatively limited resources to achieve big results. Phase two of this project, which we are commissioning today, is consistent of a construction of an ultra-modern terminal building with 400,000 annual passenger capacity for both domestic and international operations, which is equipped with a state-of-the-art airport systems. The terminal comes with a 330-capacity car park. Also, part of this project is a five-kilometer asphalt access road of the Tamale Bolga Road to the new terminal building. In addition, we have a multi-purpose terminal building with the state-of-the-art equipment used for hard operations at the moment. And in addition, we have a bulk utility supply area, which is the technical area where all services such as electricity, water, wastewater treatment for the airport is managed from. All these four separate projects cost a total of $70 million. This compares to the $130 million of phase one for those three elements of that project. The Minister for Transport, Kweku Furi Asiyama, said government's policy is geared towards establishing airports in all regional capitals, adding that feasibility studies have been completed for one to be cited either in the western or central region.
assembled ladies and gentlemen, as you may all be aware, government policy is geared towards development of airports in all regional capitals. It is within this framework that over the past couple of years, the aviation sector has witnessed significant development in infrastructure development and service expansion coupled with the implementation of government liberal status policy. It is in line with this policy that the Kumasi International Airport Phase 2 and 3, which commenced in 2020, 2018, is about 35% complete, while the rehabilitation of the has been completed and open for commercial operations. We are also pursuing the development of a new airport in either the western or central region or in between the two regions for which the feasibility studies have been completed. The British High Commissioner to Ghana, Harriet Thompson, said the project has the potential to open up the North economical world to the rest of the world. The thing that I love about this project is the potential that it brings to open up the north, to open up tourism to this wonderfully rich region, to open up agriculture, not just the production but the processing, and to get that, post, that processed food out across the world. So it's a wonderful day. I'm glad to be here. I'm proud of the partnership between UK and Ghana, between the private sector and governments that has resulted in this wonderful airport, this wonderful facility now being available. And I'm excited to see how it's going to get things moving in the whole of the northern regions of Ghana. The Northern Regional Minister, Shani Alahassan Shaibu, on his part, commended the Vice President for his role in the initiation of the project and many other projects in the North. For instrumentality and role he played in the initiation of this landmark project and its execution up to completion. On your election headquarters today, Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia is touting his dedication and allegiance to the NPP, positioning himself as a suitable choice to lead the party. He pledges to cover a distinct path towards economic prosperity if chosen as leader. With the party's superdelegates congress just three days away, Samuel Mbura of our political desk sheds light on his candidacy. He is an economist with experience at the central bank. He transitioned into politics and was the first to introduce a data-driven narrative in Ghana's political landscape, gaining trust among Ghanaians. 
and prominence picked during the 2012 election petition. Let us put down my analysis and show me one repeated polling station in my analysis. If you are afraid of the truth, then of course you will hide behind these exhibit numbers. His father, Mumuni Baumia, co-founded the Northern People's Party with S.D. Dumbo contributing to the birth of the new patriotic party, NPP, sparking arguments for the Dumbo faction to lead the NPP, giving the historical representation of Dankwa and Buzia. some contend that politics transcends tribal lines and prioritizes competence. His role in reducing the MPP's parliamentary deficit from over 80% to under 60% in the northern regions since 2008 is highlighted, making him a strong contender against NDC's John Mahama after the 2020 elections. Dr. Mahmoud Baumia's candidacy garners extensive nationwide endorsements from both within and outside the MPP. Notably, Minister for Local Government and Rural Development, Dan Botry, is among MPP stalwarts supporting him. Based on my knowledge and experiences in the party, I have come to conclude that Dr. Mahmoud Baumia is the right person who holds the future of this party. So please, I will urge all of you to come out together to vote for Dr. Mahmoud Baumia. The Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, is passionately underlining his dedication to the MPP, emphasizing he has never abandoned his responsibility. I have sacrificed for the party. I have defended the party in good times and in challenging times. I have never wavered or slacked. Never. He therefore assures that if elected, he will lead the country towards economic prosperity. Together with you, I want to see a Ghana with an education system tilted towards STEM, robotics, artificial intelligence, digital and vocational skills to cope with the demands of the fourth industrial revolution. Do several surveys predict a landslide victory for him? The Superdelegates Congress will be the litmus paper to test how strong his signal is to lead the MPP. For Joy News, Samuel Mbura. Meanwhile, royals from the four recognized gates of the Wala traditional area have thrown their weight behind flag bearer Huffle and Vice President Dr. Baumia urging delegates to vote massively for him in Saturday's conference. Now, according to them, among the 10 aspirants, Dr. Baumia stands tall. Among all the given the opportunity, he'll be the one that can transform and stabilize the country's economy. The press conference, which was held at Niri Yengpong, a place reserved for the selection of a new overlord of the Wala traditional area was attended by Nabihi or royals from all the four recognized gates in the Wala traditional area that are heirs to the Wala throne. 
according to the Walla Royals, among the ten competent, fine and respected gentlemen that have expressed their intention to put themselves before the special delegates of the new Patriotic Party MPP is one of their own and Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, Governor Jamal Dean Adam Akwala, read a statement on their behalf. After a deep reflection and critical scrutiny of the aspirants, we have come to a firm conclusion that His Excellency Alaji Mahmoud Baumia is the man of the moment with the requisite qualification, experience, competence, appeals to the voters, temperament, vision, strategy to consolidate the gains made so far by the government of President Akufuado in its march to transform the structure of the economy and accelerate the socio-economic development in today's technological and digitalized global setting. The country saw a steady economic improvement between 2017 and 2019 with poor policies of free education, improvement in roads, health, agriculture, industry, employment for the youth. The challenges of COVID and other global issues have twisted this strategy. The government is holding on and a turnaround is envisaged. Given the chance, Dr. Baumia will see this country through and put her on the course of economic transformation and stability. Given the opportunity, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia will put the country on the right track, transform the economy and stabilize it. They are that the vision and principles of the MPP and the Akufuado government is in sync with that of the forebears of the Northern People's Party in pre-independence. Alaji Biki Adama Wala South, Jato Kaleo Wala North, SD Dombo, Jirapa Lambuse, Abaifa Kabo, Nora Nandong, Momonu Baumia, South Mampusi East, CK Tedam, Kasina Nankana North, J.A. Braima, Gonja East, Adama Amandi Boku, Yakubu Tali Tolona, Dagomba South, to mention a few. These were proud princes of the North, most of whom later in life ascended to traditional skins and continued to serve their people. This is what Dr. Baumia brings. Leadership without discrimination, and leadership with a vision to confront the challenges in contemporary times where technology and information shape the global economy. He has shown his mettle and capacity that, given a chance, he can harness this party's rich human capital to accelerate the party's transfer agenda to raise the fortunes of this country to take up Ghana's true place as a front runner in Africa's development. They use the opportunity to also appeal to the aspirants and their supporters to be cautious and measured in their campaign to ensure a free, fair, and peaceful flag bearer election. Whoever emerges as a flag bearer will need the party, will need a united party in purpose to appeal to the general electorate to win the general elections. The next government will require all competent human resources to govern and bring development, stability, and peace to the people of this country. Reporting for J News, 
Rafiq Salam wa Chief of the Polima Traditional Area, Kuro Duye Osman Langpada Ter, has admonished members of the newly launched Young Urban Women's Movement to use tact and diplomacy to get work and rights shared at home. The Women Advocacy Movement was launched with the aim, among other things, equipping young women with skills, challenge inequality, as well as to influence policy discourse in their respective areas. Kuo Nangpa Osman, speaking at the launch of the movement, called on members not to be antagonistic in their approach to deals with using tact. Join News Upper West Regional Correspondent Rafik Salam reports. The Young Urban Women's Movement is an organized group of young women across the country with the aim of empowering young urban women living in rural and urban areas in the country with skills to secure economic independence control over their bodies, challenge inequality and discrimination. As a two and a half year project and has been spearheaded by Akinet Ghana in the last nine years. Head of programs Akinet Ghana, Justin Bayo, assured members of the newly launched Young Urban Women's Movement in the Apples region to enable them succeed. The group has now developed to be a movement on its own, working with about 6,500 young women between the ages of 15 and 35 across five cities in Ghana. These are in Accra, Tamale, Bolgatanga, Ho, Somenya, and Sunyani. And since you are the novel group for Upper West at the moment, all our eyes are on you, and we are going to focus all our attention within Action Aid to the Young Urban Movement in the Upper West region. We will ensure that all the needed support is given to you, all established ones will give you all the support so that you can grow in terms of capacity and numbers. National Chairperson of the Young Urban Women's Movement, Dr. Zuga, threw for the light on what the movement is up to. So we are saying that as Young Urban Women's Movement, our goal is to advocate, to talk, to empower young people, even most of the young people within our communities. Don't even see it as work. Sometimes they themselves doing the work, they don't even see it as work. So we want to empower ourselves to recognize that the things we are doing at home, it's a work. We are not also saying we want to use force. It's all about how we will communicate well to our husbands, our brothers at home. And the movement is out to take us through all these strategies, how we'll be able to speak to our husbands and brothers to understand that the work we are doing is a work. When they are able to recognize that that is a work, you don't need to ask them to help you share the rules. They themselves will support. And that is why we are having three hours, which is first 
asked us to recognize. When they recognize, they would help us reduce it by redistributing. Paramount Chief of the Parliamentary Area, Koro Duwe Osman Nankwadete, lauded the launch of the Young Urban Women's Movement in the region. Yoruba was quick to add that the aims and objectives will not be achieved on a silver platter, calling on them to use tact and diplomacy. If you get up and do gra gra, the men will keep all the power to their chest. It is the usage of the tongue that can elicit what support you can get. If your tongue is honey leaden, you will get the best. If it's acid laden and you can use it to lacerate the opposite gender, I can assure you, you will continue to be confined to where you've been since time in Mongolia. So please use your tongue well and continue to appeal to us. Other key speakers at the launch was the upper Sudan director of the social welfare department, Ilen Pele and the upper Sudan director of gender, Charity Baturi, who chaired the launch. But please, start small and grow big together. If you are already looking at the bigger picture, you'll be demoralized. But when you're able to convince just one person, it satisfies you, it gives you that, that joy that you've done something. The next time you go to two, three, four, you are spreading. You are starting small by growing big together. Together because if she is doing it, she is also doing it. The next person is doing it. We are penetrating gradually and we are growing big together. Reporting for J News, Rafik Salam. Wow. You're still watching Joy News Desk. We'll be back with more news after this break. Hello, my name is Abeiku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bag. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need chop better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store All the store and discover the smart way to bank echo bank the pan-african bank score hd the new exciting football channel is now available only on hd plus and brings you football from around the world watch sadio mani and daniel kufitra in the top weekly match of the bundesliga one and efb cup premiera liga copa de la liga profesional see ronaldo in the saudi pro league as well as daily sports news every other hour also get updated on messi and mbappe on psg tv and many more feely feely on hd plus channel 151 agronide hd plus the feely feely experience 
For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of art things to do. So I personally love it. And I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Charlotte Festival, y'all. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana, around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Welcome back from the from the break. Now let's head over to the Greater Accra Regional Police Headquarters, where the minority is meeting the police over their planned picketing of the Bank of Ghana premises um, over their incurred losses in the 2022 financial year. Samuel Imbura is there for us and has been monitoring the situation. Samuel Imbura, what have you been learning about this meeting? See, we know that the minority in parliament, in accordance with section 1, 2, and 3 of the Public Order Act 1994, Act 419, has notified the police about their impending public protest that will be embarked next week in uh, collaboration with uh, some civil organizations and then well-meaning Ghanaians, they say. So this the purpose of this protest is to express their revulsion against what they describe as illegal printing of money to the tune of over 80 billion Ghana cities between 2021 and 2022 to the Akufado government. According to them, this singular act by the BOG has negatively impacted uh, livelihoods and businesses and pushed over 850,000 Ghanaians into poverty in the year 2022 alone. So they say as representatives of the Ghanaian people, the minority in parliament uh, is disgusted about the grass mismanagement and reckless handling of the affairs of the Bank of Ghana, which resulted in the over 60 billion Ghana cities lost, which has a negative equity of 5.1 billion in 2022, according to them, thereby visiting hardship on the people of Ghana. So that is why they are currently 
um, meeting the Ghana Police Service ahead of this um, demonstration. So the demonstration is coming next week. That will be on the 5th of September. So they wrote to the police on the 21st, and this is actually a follow-up meeting. At the moment, they are in the crunch meeting with the Greater Accra Regional Police Commander, uh, but the media is not allowed because it is an in-camera one. We are not allowed to film this in the precepts of the police, a reason we are outside the gate of the Ghana Police Service. So the agreed route is the frontage of Parliament through to um, Parliament House, Osu Cemetery, Traffic Light, Ministry of Finance, High Court Complex, Kimbu, Makola, Rawlings Park, Opera Square, Bank of Ghana, where they eventually uh, picket there to demand the immediate resignation of the governor, the deputy governors, and the board of directors of the Bank of Ghana. So earlier I had brief conversations with the leader of the minority, Dr. K. Selatuforsi. He is not here himself, uh, but we have uh, lawyers of the party. I spoke briefly to Mr. Mahama Yarka, MP for Boku Central. I also saw James Agaga and other minority MPs going into that crunch meeting with the Ghana Police Service. So we are pitching uh, come um, whilst waiting for that meeting, and surely they will come and brief us what the outcomes are. But that is the main reason they are here, just a follow-up uh, to the letter that they have written to the police, notifying them about their pending demonstration against the governors of the Bank of Ghana, Mamiesi. And we're sure to update you when, as and when we learn of the outcomes of this meeting. Now, moving on, the executive director of Star Ghana Foundation, Ibrahim Tanko Amidu, says the organization will be focusing on security, volunteerism, and philanthropy in 2024. The aim, according to Mr. Amidu, is to enhance Ghana's socio-political development by providing support to civil society organizations. He made this known while speaking to journalists at the launch of the foundation's fifth anniversary event in Accra. There's more in this report. Star Ghana Foundation is one of Ghana's active National Center for Active Citizenship and Philanthropy. Established in November 2018, the foundation transitioned from a 10-year multi-donor-funded Star Ghana program with focus on the strengthening of parliament and civil society to enhance transparency, accountability and responsiveness in governance at local and national levels. As an influential CSO, the foundation has consistently and aggressively pushed for active citizenship participation at all levels of governance through various projects with the support of its development partners. At the launch of activities in commemoration of its five years anniversary, Executive Director of the Foundation, Ibrahim Tanko Amidu, said, Star Ghana is prioritizing three key thematic areas in the years ahead. Star Ghana is actually coordinating the Northern Ghana Security Forum. You know, that brings together the regional coordinating councils, the communities, traditional authorities, and etc. So that is the one area of our work. But the second is that Star Ghana is a center for active citizenship. So active citizenship, we have started promoting volunteerism. Currently, we are working to support um, or to enable people who want to volunteer to support community groups to be able to do so. And we'll be launching that you know, next month. We are also going to provide support to civil society organizations who want to launch volunteerism or, uh, initiatives at their level so that 
citizens get connected to the development processes, that the spirit of volunteerism that gave us our independence, that helped us in the initial stages post-independence, will be able to rekindle the spirit of volunteerism. Chairperson of the Governing Council of Star Ghana Foundation, Dr. Esther Ofei Abouadji, emphasized the crucial role the foundation plays in Ghana's democracy has become more vital in the prevailing socio-political and economic challenges in Ghana and the African continent at large. For a role, a role for an entity such as Star Ghana Foundation in Ghana, as well as in the sub-region, is required even more urgently now than before. Our pulse on the economic, the political, economic, and social developments in the country and West Africa suggests that the alienation of the citizenry from the processes that have been pursued as democracy is a real possibility. Therefore, actions that will amplify the voices of all sections of the population and identify opportunities for inclusive action and broadening platforms for participation and engagement are even more urgently required than before. Chairperson of the National Commission for Civic Education, NCCE, Kathleen Adi, commended the foundation for its significant contribution to shaping Ghana's democracy, particularly in encouraging active civil participation at the community level. Star Ghana, to be honest, has done a lot of great work in this country. Um, they have supported big organizations, small organizations, mediums, they support a lot of organizations in doing particularly community work, which I'm very passionate about. Because we need to, as citizens to understand that our citizenship starts from the community. When we are good citizens at the community level, we will be good citizens at the national level. All of us, if we are active in the community, it will, it will spread and we will, be, we will have a better um, experience at the national level as well. So Star Ghana has actually done a lot, a lot, a lot. And their vision for the future um, of developing philanthropy alongside active citizenship is also very important. Um, philanthropy meaning that getting people to donate to the foundation, getting people to commit to um, supporting the foundation, so that together we will grow our country. The foundation has lined up a number of activities to climax the fifth anniversary in November this year. A report filed by Carlos Galoni for Joy News. The European Union has announced 60 Ghanaian students selected to pursue the prestigious Erasmus Mundus John Master's degree in top academic institutions in Europe. The EMGMD is one of the initiatives under the Erasmus Education Scholarship, which supports international mobility and contributes to strengthening Africa's technical and higher education space. There's more in the following report. The All Expenses Paid Master's Degree Scholarship is a unique opportunity for students to broaden their career horizons, gain top class knowledge, and develop global perspectives while studying in renowned European universities. The selection for the Erasmus Plus Mundus Joint Master's Degree is a highly competitive process, attracting numerous potential students from Ghana applying for the coveted opportunity. At a pre-departure event in Accra, the EU ambassador to Ghana, 
Echard Razali said the opportunity offered the successful applicants is one among the EU's commitment to its partnership with Ghana in education. Echard Razali is confident that the scholarship will prepare the successful student for a competitive career. So today we organized the CNF event for the young Ghanaians who have benefited from uh, Erasmus Plus scholarship. This is one of uh, the most successful EU program in Europe and throughout the world. And this year I'm very, very happy and proud to see that we are sending 60 young Ghanaians to perform studies, undergraduate and graduate studies throughout Europe. This is so far the highest number of uh, students that we are sending. Last year we have sent 45. We are very happy already, but today is very uh, rewarding because these are new students will discover Europe, will learn in the best university in Europe and hopefully will make a contribution for their communities and for the country. Some beneficiaries spoke to join news. The EU says it is increasing investment in quality education and working with partner countries to strengthen cooperation on research and innovation. How I landed this scholarship, I'll say that it was recommended by my friend. It was something global. So um, he sent me the link and I applied. They, they have their own um, criteria. I just followed you put up your motivation and all that so I did everything and I was waiting on them to um, call me so I was there one time in June and they texted me that I had I, I, I'm now a beneficiary of the scholarship and I'm very glad it wasn't that easy because there were a lot I was once on a reserve list and I was later pushed to the main list there's a whole lot it has not been easy though but uh, in all I just want to say um, I'm grateful to God too. I got to know about Erasmus Mundus program online it was I think a recommendation because of my past searches right so I got to know about it then I went through the entire master's programs they have. I read about the, what they were doing within those programs. Then I selected the ones I was interested in. I noted down their opening dates and then I incorporated them into my calendar. So whenever they open, I got an alert. Yes. Yeah. And then I realized they, you could apply to more. Initially, there was a cap on the number of programs you could apply to. But I realized there was more. Like you could apply to any amount, any number. Right. So I applied to just to because I felt it wasn't really a good use of my time. I was going to do so many of them. So I applied to two and I got into one. Karen Obing's report read to you. It's your news desk. We'll be right back with business. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alex in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. 
Hits FM. Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM. Or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play. And then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Crystal clear and thrilling podcast and live shows. Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. Everybody came out, everybody's looking good, displaying their art, beautiful art everywhere. Um, this is my fifth year coming in a row. So I'm here every August for the festival. It's been amazing being with my black people all day, every day. It's been great. It's so fun here. There are a lot of art things to do. I personally love it and I love the artworks. I love Chalote 2022. It's fantastic. This year's experience is, uh, is marvelous. It's amazing. It's Charlotte the Festival. You ought to be here. The paintings, the people, the Ghanaians were awesome. Everyone, when you're in Ghana around the same time, make sure you check it out. It's really happening. Hi, welcome to Business. My name is Daryl Kwao. As part of efforts to harness opportunities in the non-traditional export sector, Fidelity Bangana has launched the Fidelity Exporters Club with the signing of an MOU with the Federation of Association of Ghanaian Exporters, FAGE, an umbrella organization representing over 1,200 exporters and 22 sub-associations. Here's more in this report. According to the World Bank, Exports of goods and services as a percentage of gross domestic product in Ghana was 29.91% in 2021, indicating a positive effect of trade on the economy. Managing Director for Fidelity Bank Ghana, Julian Kingsley Oponi, expressed the bank's readiness to help strengthen the infrastructure required to give certainty around the growth of the sector. 
In the past, banks are used to sitting back and formulating products off the back of the fact that we assume what we know what they need. The idea of doing this is to work from the exporter back to the bank. What are their challenges? What support do they need? And so once we understand that, then the formulation of our products around even the interest that you will charge, around the term, how you structure loans, how you structure other support, then becomes a lot more relevant. And it's also not only about access to finance. It's about how we support them and get other partners to help support them in the regulatory environment, um, support for um, documentation, certification, etc. President of the Federation of Association of Ghanaian Exporters, Nene Davis Kubui, called for the creation of a special funding for exporters in the agric sector in terms of interest rates payment. We are looking at uh, creating another niche market for ourselves because if you talk about agric, you, 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 you can't use the same interest rate for comments against agribusiness and that is exactly what we've been doing seeing all this year, that if we can create another funding to take care of it. So we are looking. I know currently the likes of uh, the, how they call Massacre Foundation is doing 10% for backlist. We are looking at uh, how the confidentiality doing between 7 to 9% for, for our club. Some exporters who spoke to Joy Business say they are optimistic the partnership will create a significant impact in the sector. This partnership is... is the difference between night and day. At least it's the beginning of seeing light in, in, this, in this system because nobody, no bank has come up and signed up with uh, uh, exporters wanting to know what they do so that together we can solve it because what we export affects everybody, including all of us standing here. Um, I'm very happy today to be part of this um, event. It's a uh, historical event in the sense that the bank has made a move um, not only to show interest in exporters' activities, but to give concrete help and assistance and support, which is something that we have lacked for quite a while. The Fidelity Exporters Club is in collaboration with the Development Bank Ghana. Now, players within the network marketing industry are calling for more sensitization programs to support the space. According to them, this would clear the misconception uh, of many describing the operations as fraudulent. According to One Star Director at Longridge Ghana, Kennedy Marco, the business can't contribute to job creation. He spoke to Joy Business. Basically, there is a serious deficit in sensitization and then education. It's time as a nation we come together and talk about the business of network marketing. My wife, for example, had to talk to me about network marketing for six solid months. But what brought me into it is when I used the product and I realized that the product was good and was worth continuing to use it. As I was using it, I was getting some little commissions. It wasn't nothing to write to my about. But it at least tells a story that if I open up and get... I was using it, I was getting some little commissions. It wasn't nothing to write to my about. But it at least tells a story that if I open up and get better education, I can do it bigger. In fact, gone are the days where people carry products on their head, go around and sell. Network marketing is far away from that. About it, illegality is far away from that. But it's where people carry products on their head, go around and sell. Network marketing is far away from that. 
about its illegality is far away from that. But I think we can all get to embrace it, understand it, and spread the news better. And that's all in business. The news continues after the break. Conference only on your election headquarters.